want to see you coming back in here with fucking justice. I want to see you coming back in here with bloodstained justice. Look at anybody going sitting in a pint with those boys after that. And the referee is looking around and acting as Mickey. Tell the children to play tennis or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis. That's it was the, the rarest occasion on Saturday night where, and it never happened to me before, I think, where the three of us happened to be in together on Saturday. I left at, what time was it? About half eight? I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, round about half eight. Got into the car. So let's paint a picture here, lads. We just watched the rugby. We had uh, been watching football as well all day. We were watching Dublin against Mayo. Gary, being the smug bastard that he is. Jesus Christ. Was sitting here, Peter. You're my you're my witness for this unwarranted attack here. Right? <laughs> yeah, Jesus, the thing this podcast got off the fire. He started. PJ, you're my witness here. He was sitting across from me in the office, going, "Marcus are down to fourteen men. Marcus three points to nil with or no score. Westmead against Cavan. Marcus are five points behind. Marcus are getting hammered. Was he not? Yeah. Oh, okay. Warranted attack. Well, yes. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Warranted attack. I was. I was just giving you updates on the game. I was. I, <laughs> couldn't, I wasn't lying to you. It was literally what was happening. That's what happened, right? I get into the car. Then all of a sudden, as I go to leave the office, Cavan are somehow are somehow back to a point down. This is unbelievable. So, I'm like, geez, right, lads, I can't wait to get into the car, drive home, listen to this on the radio. So, in I get. There's about five minutes left um, of normal time. I turn on Northern Sound. It sounds like an All Ireland final. It's <laughs> so dramatic. It's unbelievable. I'm listening to the game. It, injury, just as, uh, the stroke of injury time, Ryan Connolly comes on, goes past a couple of lads, goes to hit an equalising, uh, I think it was a point where he gets back to a point down or it's equalising. I can't remember which one around it was. It hit off the top of the crossbar and bounced over. Chris Conroy just comes on, ha- goes to, I don't know what happened. He tried to fist it over the bar or something, hit the keeper, bowing into the net. Goal for Cavan. It was incredible. So dramatic. Then I turn over to RT Radio 1 and it's like, well, what a finish we just had down here in Kerry. Oh my God. Kerry, Galway, Kerry coming back at the death to beat Galway. I was so excited. I was losing the run myself. Cork and Tip, another one point game. Everybody was just like beside themselves with excitement. I wanted to pull over the car. Just so I could ring, ring us and talk to us <laughs> to go, lads, what the hell just happened there? Oh, no, it's, you it's mean February 1st and. I'd- Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the 1st of February, and it was, this was possibly Saturday night, the last five minutes of Saturday night, if you take into account the fact that it's go, all going on at the one time and around the country, it could be the most dramatic last five, simultaneous last five minutes in the history of the GAA. Do you think that everyone was just like, thank God January is over, there's wages in my account again? <laughs> <laughs> it's what the Super 8s was meant to be. <laughs> Is there a possibility that uh, uh, we'll get to our 30 second winges obviously coming up later on in the show the GA is too good it's just too good right have, now have they, have they peaked have they peaked too early here on February 1st Mark <laughs> what's going on like even again then the same on Sunday you had everybody beating everybody else in Division 2 you even at the same in Division 1 everyone's having Division 2 being so tight Division 3 is the same Division 4 is the same Division 1 you've got Donegal top with a win and a draw nobody's won two games in it that's, uh, that's uh, what you talk about football never mind the hurling across the, the four divisions of football only two te- only three teams have won both their games there's Cork in division three and uh, there's Sligo oh, and Sligo and Limerick yeah it's, it, it's pretty incredible what I don't believe I suppose division two in football is the big one because you've got teams separate like uh, mm. Leisure top with three points then everybody else has two apart from the Rossies who probably would have been favourites to win the thing who are on one point it's mad. Yeah, it's uh, pretty tight. Like, we have some skin in that game anyway, Mark, all, so we'll yeah, keep exactly. a close eye in it. But it, literally, you 
wouldn't bat against anybody being promoted or relegated. Like, Leash have three points on their top, but you're like, oh, Leash could probably be relegated and Roscommon have one point on their bottom, but you're like, Roscommon could definitely still be promoted. So, yeah. like, we've learned basically nothing from the first two games because everybody's beaten everybody else. And then I was trying to think, what is it? Is it that we're kind of going back, not because the fact that there's less commitment, obviously there's far more commitment and teams are together for much longer, but you know, like, back in the 90s and before that where teams would get together at the start of the year and you'd be like, Jesus, you know, you could have a completely different team from one year to the next based on random things. Mm. You know, like obviously you'd have Kerry and Dublin always be strong, but you know, you could say, Jesus, Derry are going to have a hell of a team this year or Cavan have a hell of a team this year. And is it because so many players are taking years out and leaving and dropping off squads that every panel is just different every year? So we go, all oh, leash are going to be really decimated with Donny Kingston gone or whatever. But then like, like Evan O'Carroll just mm. steps up. But then Armagh didn't have a load of lads dropping away dropping off the panel from last year so I don't know what's caused them to come backwards from one well, they week hammered well, Cavan in the first no, week from one week to the next <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, Leash had beaten uh, Armagh six out of the last seven times <laughs> <laughs> it's that I learned on watching the, watching League Sunday last night yeah and then Kildare were getting lads back this year and then they go and lose again at the weekend so uh, like against Clare, the Clare team who have lost the Clare who everyone was like expected might get relegated and they go and beat Kildare like I was, I was reading it with a good quote by uh, the Clare manager Colin Collins within the uh, Irish Examiner you have to be proud to be associated with a team display like that it's a compliment to the type of player we have they're fellas who will die for you and that and that you die for and that display typifies them and typifies this team <laughs> February, Come, Collins February the man first I, lads Come, Collins <laughs> the man I want to play for yeah <laughs> I think last week, if the catchphrase last week was just back from the holiday, I think this week is going to be February 1st. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not even on to Sunday yet for some, for what we were talking about, the dramatic finish. Before we go on to Sunday, I think we've got, got to talk about Cork and Tip. It was a really yeah. good game of hurling on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Cork looked way more up for this than they did the previous week against Waterford. You could tell that... I, I think Kingston had told them like that wasn't good enough against Waterford, the, especially like the forwards. They they were working so much harder to make it hard, to make it tough for Tipperary to get the ball out of defence, and that turned into opportunities. I think the uh, the the Cork penalty the the Patrick Horgan scored came off. There was a puck out. They robbed the ball. Uh, it ended up with I can't remember who it was fouled, but they they ended up with a penalty off that and. You could see Carfor was just like working so much harder. And uh, the other thing, like, was great to see in the game was Alan Cadigan looked electric. He's like a, like, he's mid twenties, never really has gotten due to injury, never really gotten like a great long run. And if he stays fit now, he's going to be, he should be one of the stars of the summer. He, he got four points from play. I think he was man of the match on air. And just, it was just like, there was so much energy about him, but like, so, like great touches. As well, I'm I'm really excited to see what he's going to do the rest of the season. And also, when look, let's call a spade a spade. The Munster Championship was a bit of a damn squib last year. It did not live up to the previous year's hype. No, but this that, that, year, was, that was going to be hard. Yeah, yeah. This year could be even better than two years ago. If you're looking already at just in the league, say you got Clare with a great win over Wexford. You've got uh, Cork's performance. Obviously, Tip haven't exactly lit the world alight so far, but we did mention last week they're just back from the holiday and they are the mm. All-Ireland champions. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, uh, Waterford going well. Limerick with a great win over Galway. The Munster Championship could be back, lads. And I know, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'm really excited. <laughs> February 1st. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it, it was disappointing last year. I, I like like 
people were kind of saying early on, ah, oh, no, I think Leinster could be better than Munster this year. And you thought, that's kind of like a hipster pick that, like, I don't know where you're pulling this from. I don't know, like, I still thought Munster was pretty good last year, yeah? Yeah. It was still drama. Like, was right up until the last it was, day, like, nearly everyone could have went through. Yeah, it was grand. Harford, it just wasn't. It, it is interesting, this is from perspective, that there are so many new managers. Yeah. Like, that, 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 are, that, that is quite interesting in that respect, yeah? Uh, speaking of Limerick, John Kiley, want, John Kiley was talking about the, the proposal of bringing the black card into mm. Hurling. Now, I have a, I have a gripe with the black card that's currently is in Gaelic football. You're mind bringing it into Hurling. <laughs> what, what's your gripe with it? Well, like, just if you consider, so many of the games you're listening to now and you're looking at, some of them are only seeing reports in them and I know it's only the second weekend, but there seems to be someone off for a black card every five minutes in every game. And definitely if you're dragging a lad down, if you body, if you, if they're legitimate black cards, I don't have a problem with it. It's just that it's such a harsh punishment now to be down to 14 men for something that may or may not, you know, that is borderline. Mm. I.e. the perfect example of it, the Michael Fitzsimons black card against Mayo. Like he's going in for a shoulder and he's he's a little late. The ball is gone. I know it's a deliberate body collide after the ball has been played. But like <laughs> common sense at some stage. Like that means that you see a lad's made a pass, he's going to run on to get to receive it or trying to go on with the next move and you're deliberately blocking him and trying to pull him off. Mike Simons was trying to hit him with a shoulder when he yeah. had the ball and it was just that it was late and he couldn't pull out of it. Like, and even if he did pull out of it, it's still a body collide. No matter what way you do it, you're just going to fall into him. You're going to end up with contact. So, like, for someone to lose a player for 10 minutes then, and, like, there's times when two could be off a of black card, you could be down to 13 men, you're seeing so many, then a black, and then they get a yellow, and then they're off and a red. It's just, it's happened so much. <laughs> just stop doing the cynical fouls but, like, then, That's though. not a cynical foul. Yeah, but, like... He was trying player, to challenge player, him. Players will learn that the rules, that's the whole point of bringing in the sin bin, that there's an actual proper punishment for it. Like, you're talking about, oh, players, like, teams are down to 13, 14 men. But, but like, what do you, what does Michael Fasimus meant to learn from that? Learn not to challenge for the ball. Learn not to try and shoulder lad when he has the ball. Don't try line it up to try and nail a lad when you realise there might be a chance that you're going to get punished for going but in with a late could challenge. Get punished, yeah, punished with a yellow card. Does it, does it warrant getting punished to the point that you're down to 14 men for 10 minutes? It was harsh. It was, it was harsh, but like... Like I said, a yellow card, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with that being a yellow card. But to, to go down to 14 men for 10 minutes I is, think, seems very severe. I think teams are very quickly going to learn not to do it yeah but players are also going to very quickly learn and you've seen it in cases where they they might run into the path of someone and whoever goes down first is the person that ends up being the aggrieved and the other person gets the black card I think you're definitely going to have a lot of these harsh decisions but if ultimately it it like it's a good thing like it stops uh like what really cynical plays like stopping like somebody going through on goal if it does stop that then it, i i think these like the ones like that black card for multiple times they're a price worth paying in the yeah. end if it ultimately they it has a positive effect yeah i like if it's clear and obvious I have no problems with whatsoever. That, 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 that Michael Fitzsimons one, I don't think it was clear and obvious. Like it was, yeah. he was, he, he was like, it wasn't even a second late. It was like half a second late. Like if, like the, the one of the obvious ones is, I think the trip. You'll always see someone sticking their hand out or if the trip is like, mm. yeah, that's, that was a trip. It's just the body collide. It's just a hard, it's like, like when you, you can see, you know yourself when you see it, somebody's like, that lad's just checking mm. that out. And there's often times now lads will try, they look like, oh, it's legitimately trying to tackle them when I just put out my hand. But, I don't know. It's anyway. I've got we've completely sidetracked. <laughs> what did John Kylie say about coming into Hurland, PJ? John Kylie does not want it in Hurland. Please, lads. He he. Bree was said, "He Hurling is grand. Leave it alone." 
Um, I, I can see where he's coming from. I do like, there are cynical moments in hurling. There were definitely like, there were, there were loads of cynical moments, but I'm not sure if it has a cynicism problem. I, so, I feel like every game we watch in here, like we're always in here in the weekends watching games and the club games as well, there's always at least one time in a game where a player is going through on goal in hurling and he's pulled to the ground. May, like, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe, like, is it happening more down the years? Is it becoming, like, more cynical? And bringing this in now would be a measure to stop that. And, all, like, it could be a good thing. I Like, a bit on the fence about it. If it came in, ultimately, I would say... It's fine. I'd like. I. I probably, I'd probably. I'd be okay with it. I yeah. think if it, if they brought in the black card, I think like a, most most Holland people, Holland Holland folk, <laughs> the purists, they don't want any cards. Would, would be yeah. Exa- well, like Eddie Care, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Care, Eddie Care had no like has had no like, five years ago. This was an interesting thing in uh, John Fogarty's report in the Irish Examiner last week about the possibility of the black card being brought into hurling. He uh, he threw in a quote from Eddie Care from five years ago about. How he abhorred, abhorred the, uh, the idea <laughs> of the, the kind of, the black, the yellow and red cards just being shown. He had no, like, problem with the idea that you might get, like, in the book, it might be written down that you were yellow carded or sent off. He had a problem with the actual showing of them. <laughs> That was you're like you're you're embarrassing these great amateur men out on the pitch here. I, like, I, it's definitely not as prevalent in hurling as it was in football before like the black card was originally brought in. But I definitely think it it is a, a thing in hurling that you see it all the time when players are about to beat the last man to run through and goal they're pulled down. So yeah, like if if you could stop that happening in like the last five minutes of an Ireland final when it's a close game and somebody needs a goal, then it's it's probably. I'm okay with it coming in, yeah. And it's not going to be like, and I don't think it will be like in Gaelic football, like Mark's complaining about where there'll be teams down to 13 and that, because it just doesn't really happen as much, and it's harder to do it in hurling anyway. It's just a quicker mm. game, smaller ball, and all that. So, uh, just when we're on, one last thing on the topic of referee decisions and rules and all and cards and whatever. I've I'm going to start my 30 second wind right now. It's not going to be 30 seconds, but do you want to count me in? <laughs> Three, two, one. With regard to Jordan Flynn's red card on Saturday night, okay? Now, is it harsh? Probably. Is there, you know, the rule, the GA, you can see it as well with John Conlon sending it off on Sunday. They are trying to clamp down on high tackles and head high tackles. The issue obviously is what's a deliberate uh, strike to the head or a deliberate challenge to the head? When is it to the head if the player's going down or they're ducking into it or whatever? There's all these kind of different debates that we need to have around it. But everybody that's analysing going, that's, nah, look, it was, an, it was an open hand, it wasn't a closed fist. Please stop. Whether it's an open hand or closed fist does not come into it. It doesn't matter. It's not in the rules. Your time is up, mm. by the way. Grand. That was it. <laughs> I'm not even saying whether it was, the Mayo one was a red card or not. I'm just saying when we're having the debate, stop talking about closed fists and open I, hands. I can see like both the, the Jordan Flynn red card and the John Conlon red card. If yellow cards have been given there, I don't think anyone would really have complained, but yeah. concussion is like such a serious problem. The J is trying to be proactive here in ensuring that all head high tackles are cut out of the game. I was at a media briefing uh, before, the, before the first round of the league and the referees manager, Donald Smith, he pointed out we're coming down hard on this again, again this year, like they did last year. But they, he made a point of saying this is like a big thing for us again this year, and like ultimately, if 
there's a couple of lads get red carded but it stops uh, head high tackles and there were less concussions in the game that's a good thing yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that like and like you said I don't think it matters if the fist is closed or not when you're getting a forehead across, or a forearm across the neck yeah. or across the back it is of the head just, so. it's the problem we have and it actually goes back to the black card thing again with is like it's so difficult when you're if someone ho- is holding it like because you hold the ball it's different to like and you're, you're seeing it in rugby remember seeing it in the rugby world cup there was issue with it where it was like high tackles but the player was getting so low to the ground that it was like how do you not tackle them high it's that thing in, especially in football where if someone's grasping the ball and you're going in with your hand to tackle them if they duck if there's any kind of movement of the body if they go to give off a hand pass it's so easy just to catch someone a bit higher or you people who lean into the tackle or whatever so that is always going to be an issue in every game and that's happened that's for both high tackles and also for the body check that we're talking about when the ball's gone but anyway that's my rant over we need to move on to Sunday's games we're halfway through the po- <laughs> we're more than halfway through the podcast we haven't even Do, got to before we moved on to Sunday game I think we talk about briefly about uh, Kerry and uh, oh Jesus Gal- yes Ker- <laughs> Kerry and Galway what a, ga- what a finish what a game like Galway thought they had a won I would think uh Porrick Joyce's uh, comments on uh, League Sunday I thought were pretty interesting. I, I thought it was, he was very bullish. It was uh, there's like a lot to admire there. He said, Kerry didn't win that game. We lost yeah. it. And they were three or four, was it, I, did their lead extend to four points? They were definitely three points up. But uh, yeah, kind of a, like a smash and grab by Kerry. Um, Galway, the boat, boat were miss, still missing like a lot of, a lot of players, but Galway, like, the handbrake is off. Like, it, it, it's interesting. Like, how fast can they go is the thing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, speaking of going fast, Shane Walsh, Jesus, he was like a rocket when oh. he took off for that goal. Yeah. What are, like, the defending wasn't great from Kerry, but he is so quick and he's playing re, he's playing really well. He seems to be enjoying that role, like, up front where, like, last year he was having to drop deep for the ball, but keeping, keeping him close to goal, as close to goal as possible for Galway. I, I think they're they're gonna. He's, he's a weapon. I uh, saw Desi Dolan tweet now about like the joy of doing commentary with Marty Morrissey on Saturday night for that one. Morrissey, Marty obviously said during the commentary that he's like, "This is incredible. We're seeing Shane Walsh against David Clifford. It's uh, our equivalent of Ronaldo versus Lionel Messi." And that's the only reason I've said that is because what do we say to that? It's the first of February. That's what we're already seeing. First of February, the GEA has gotten too good. <laughs> the, the handbrake is definitely off for Galway, but uh, you can t- add that as that post-match interview says, poor Joyce isn't going to let them away with too much either. So it looks like it'll be a nice balance that they have between, mm. you know, him keeping them in line, but also allowing them to play the attacking football that everyone wanted them to play the last couple of years. So look forward the, to see how they get on. The, it seemed from the from the atmosphere and Kerry in Tralee last night, starting on uh, Saturday night looked looked unreal. It was. It's a pity there's not more of those games like down in stadium, like st- full stadiums like that, which under lights they look like great crack. And it's there. It's a. It's a. It's a good. It's a really good example of what the GA can be in those games. Like yeah. one other one we haven't mentioned yet as well, which we just need to give a special shout out to is Down and Derry, the first uh, national league game to ever take place outside of Europe on Saturday night. <laughs> And uh, what a what a what a he's been waiting to use that like. he's been waiting to use that one since 2016. <laughs> what a ding dong battle that was! So, someone did well. I had <laughs> someone did point out to me that apparently New York played in the league in the 70s. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Um, what was that? I saw a line as well. Oh, it was someone it was some I don't know. It was like a fake, like a parody Tyrone account or some comedian. Oh. comic uh, Tyrone Twitter account was like Monaghan have a goalkeeper up taking a free these Europeans are mad <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Monaghan and Tyrone 
I just wanted to quickly point out that red and blue is such a brilliant colour clash. We had Wales against Italy on Saturday. We had Monaghan against their own watching not leagues. And when you compare it to the GA, so often we'll see these teams come up against each other. We're like, geez, they can barely tell the difference between the two teams. Mm. What if everybody just wore red or blue and that was the way it was? And headgear, like amateur boxing. Yeah. <laughs> That's my proposal. I'm going to bring that to bring that to my uh, club representative, who will then bring it to my county representative, who will then bring it to Congress. And, and the Kerry men, I'm quite fond of our green and gold. And I would be you. very surprised if it got as far as Congress. To be fair, <laughs> uh, before we move on, we're going to talk about uh, Clare against Wexford in just a minute. But Gary, you're going to take us quickly around the so-called weaker counties to give us some more updates on some of the standout results. Yeah. So we mentioned uh, Sligo already. They are one of only three teams, as mm. PJ said, who won all. Uh, all two, both of their games, yeah. should I say, in the football league. So they'd be answering by a point. Sounded like a good game. So Sligo are back because as we, we spoke to someone from Sligo last week, and they hadn't won a game in, what, 18 months before this, was it? So yeah. it's a good turnaround for them mm. to win two in a row. Uh, Limerick won two in a row as well. Then the hurling you have, I don't know if I want to lump in PJ's carry into the so-called weaker debate, but they beat awfully. We're going up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Division one, here we come. Leash against Dublin, although I know Leash lost, but it shows there was no flash in the pan mm. in the championship as well. It was still a tight game. Uh, then you had Cavan beat Fermanagh in the hurling as well, Mark. A big weekend for Cavan. Cavan uh, and Fermanagh. That's a brilliant mini rivalry. I'd love to do... <laughs> like a documentary on that at some stage. Maybe we will over the course of the year, but it's a brilliant kind of mini rivalry between two of the, the smaller hurling uh, counties in the country, but though sharing a border, we bo- both struggling at times with, you know, different, uh, the amount of, like, some trying, trying to have a club championship, I suppose, is the, is their biggest battle, especially with Fermanagh had gone down to one team. I'm not sure how many they have now, but they were one team just a couple of years ago. And um, Cavan have got a couple of new clubs in recent years. And like that really is the, the sort of level that they're trying to get from, build up from, it's literally from the foundation and it's a brilliant rivalry between the two of them because they're, one will win one week, one, you know, they might win in the, they'll win, you know, Cavan have won in the league but they might, Fermanagh the might go now and beat them in the championship. It seems to be that way over the last few years. And then Paul Galvin had a big win for Wexford in Division 4 as well so uh, after they lost last week so he's finally off the mark there. That's, that's pretty much the lot. The impression the game we get all with what you put into is like a walk alive. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Lads, we're nearly out of time, but we need to talk about the two Davy Fitzgeralds. Clare against Wexford. You had one playing centre half forward for Clare and then you had the other Clare man managing Wexford. It was an interesting <laughs> story. Also called David Fitzgerald. That, that that was a really it was a weird game because the, the wind was so strong. Uh, I think Wexford went in with a what, what you would have thought wouldn't be a bit a, like a big enough lead. Also, they were down to uh, the forty men with John Conlon being sent off, and it seemed like down the stretch, like the last time it's oh, they were gonna they were gonna kind of overturn them here, but they never did. Which was which, sorry. It seemed down the stretch that Wexford were going to overturn, were going to overturn Clare because they're at home, they know how to manage the breeze in a place like this. But no, uh, Wexford held out pretty strong, and it's one nil to Brian Lohan over Davy in this. Uh, they're they're intercounty rivalry. <laughs> they've they've met a few times down the years in uh, in the Fitzgibbon Cup, yeah. in Fitzgibbon Cup, where which is kind of where this their enmity with each other has kind of stemmed from. Like these two. It was kind of talked, spoken about uh, a lot in the build-up, but it's still interesting, like to talk about that these two were great friends. Like they, they were 
<laughs> they goalkeeper were they, full back. Goalkeeper and full back. I mean, like they were a few few stronger like bonds on the on the pitch. Two peas in a pod. On, yeah. the, on the planet, PJ. Yeah, I thought you were going to say on the planet. <laughs> then, then, then a goalkeeper and and his full back. I mean, in 2014, they Davy was managing LIT in the Fitzgibbon Cup, and they were playing Brian Lohan managed UL. It was in a quarter final, and the game was on at UL, and Davy didn't want to warm up. In the uh, the UL dress rooms, they're, they're, the away dress rooms, they're quite tiny. So they warmed up somewhere else and they arrived, it was like 10, 20 minutes before the game, where everyone was kind of wondering, where the hell are UL? And they they arrive off the bus, full gear, burst through the hedges. In, in, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. Burst through the I hedges do. onto the pitch and start warming up at the same end as UL. And so that kind, and you, uh, LIT, when it was like it was a big upset win, the LAT won that game, and that was kind of where it started this kind of new ri- this rivalry between Davy and Brian Lohan. But I, I, I think Brian Lohan went to say he kind of said some stuff happened on that pit on the pitch during that game that went like a little bit too far for him. But uh, handily, when we're talking about this this rivalry between them in Davy's uh, autobiography, at all costs. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a, a chapter titled Broken Friendships. <laughs> which, would you, would you, speech, would, yeah. Golden Cleric. That book and is Where, amazing. where are you? That, that book is, there's, a, there's, there's some score settling in that book. <laughs> it, it is entertaining. It, it, it's kind of interesting to read like a, like a little bit of, an, get an insight into why there is that kind of, uh, this animosity. Yeah, suppose, between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. So read a little bit from here. In, in 2015, Clare County Council honoured the 1995 team with a 20th anniversary function in Ennis. I felt incredibly awkward going because I knew there'd be a few faces that I simply didn't want to see. One of them was Brian Lohans. It was fair to say we'd fallen out big time. Brian having made the unprecedented call for an independent review of Clare Hurling after that year's championship exit to Cork. He wanted a review conducted under the chairmanship of Gerlach Nan and essentially thought that the county board excluded from the process as it was not independent enough. This I took as an obvious dig at my dad, that Pat Fitzgerald is the Clare secretary. Albeit Loch Nan had been on the warpath that summer too, declaring the position of the board chairman Michael McDonough to be utterly untenable. Anyway, I was at home when I got the call from a close friend, wondering had I heard what Lohan's after coming out with. <laughs> I I was absolutely disgusted and texted Lohan straight away. And it's interesting here that he, he starts referring to him as Lohan and not Brian. I mean, these are the guys you played with, and it feels as if they're getting they're setting you up. I just couldn't understand it. He could he could he he could be looking for a review. What are you at? I asked in the text. Do you do you not think I'm getting sick enough without you jumping on the bandwagon? His response was incredible. The review will help you. My reply to that was pretty strong, and I won't repeat it. I really wish he had. But basically, <laughs> but basically, I told Brian what I thought of him. To me, I should have been getting more loyalty out of these guys, but I was getting none. On the contrary, I just got the impression they were de- determined to undermine me. I was going to say 1st of February, lads, but it was the 2nd of February, technically. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the other thing about Davy, just, we, we bought Davy, that, the first Davy for Cheryl we're talking about in a minute, to the other Davy for Cheryl, but his post-match interviews, he's like a politician with, you know the way the politician always has the henchmen in the background? Mm. Why is it that David Fitzgerald, I think I love it, and it should happen more often with other teams, David Fitzgerald's interviews are always in the middle of the pitch, in Wexford Park, with about 20 people behind him, 
all kind of you know cheerleaders buckos as we like to call them you know, uh, kids everything involved he's like no no Claire no I'm not going to say whatever no. uh, uh, but and then every other manager is just behind in front of a sponsor board and out the back of the he's a man stand. Of, people, a man people love people. David they love David they love David down there yeah I wonder yeah. is it him that's like let's go to the middle of the pitch and do this or is it <laughs> <laughs> or is it RTE I don't, I'd love to know who it's to get but the other David Fitzgerald, David Fitzgerald was playing centre half back for Clare yesterday. Centre half forward. Centre half forward, I should say. Um, moving, moving up from wing half back, mm. which they went through in the Sunday game last night. Derek McGrath, um, did some really good analysis on just the different approach that they are taking this year. One of the things just on that that I really enjoyed was that he highlighted David Fitzgerald taking, I think he was taking a free or it was a sideline and then he was up back, or he was just, it was an open play, but he was back in the defense and then was up at the other end to finish off the move. He's like, he's after going 80 yards there in five or six seconds, which I googled, uh, for an Olympic sprinter going 80 yards in seven seconds. That's Olympic. <laughs> So no, it, like that, that's in, in an Olympic year as well. It, it's a good year to do that, yeah. Tokyo's only around the corner, like to be fair. <laughs> There's still time to qualify. <laughs> but it is interesting to see for Cheryl at centre half forward and it almost reinventing the centre half forward role mm. as well, getting behind the ball and come running onto it. They they need some like they've lost a lot of players in that half forward line. Like Peter Duggan is a huge loss this year. He's gone travelling. He was a like reliable free taker, like a big target man as well. So maybe they're thinking in that that David Fitzgerald could replace what they're what they're missing there in terms of like using him as a target man as uh, as Peter Peter uh, Peter, Duggan. Peter Duggan would have you yeah. Uh, lads, it's only time to go. Have we got anything else off our chest on our chest that we want to get off? You two actually, you haven't done your thirty second winges yet. I'm kind of content this week, I think. I have nothing really... We're not all as negative as you, Mark. We don't need to come down here tearing down something every week, you know? <laughs> Hold on now. We, we're we not negative on this show. <laughs> we only we only give out for 30 seconds. That's the whole point. Uh, we both know that's not true. Right? We both know that, that the whinging is not contained to the 90 or so seconds that you claim it is on this podcast. But uh, Fair enough. Try to, <laughs> PJ, have you got 30 second whinge? Uh, no. I... I just really wish, like, that rivalry between Davy and Brian Lowen, I really wish we'd seen a bit more of it on, like, they, they didn't really stoke the fires at all. <laughs> like, they, they stoke the fires, lads. <laughs> I, I really wish they could just get along. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that in the heat of championship. I know February is great and all, and we're bigging it up here, but I'd love to see that one in Crow Park in yeah, the, ma- July ma- or ma- August. Yeah, maybe they're saving it for then. Yeah, let's hope so. That is it from us then. So before we go very quickly, Prince Harry Watch came on for Dublin against Mayo at the weekend, scored a point. We're going to keep you up to date with how he's going. It's a big move from leaving the royal family. I don't know if Meg- Megan hasn't spoken publicly about his move into Gaelic football. We'll wait and see. She's, if on, she's on a media ban, I think. <laughs> yeah, she's on a media ban, <laughs> hiding in the long grass. Uh, if you've not subscribed to the podcast podcast yet, be sure to do. You can find us by searching balls.e podcast and all good podcast apps. Or indeed, if you just want our GEA content, search GEA and balls.e on any podcast app. You'll be able to find it there. We'll be back on Wednesday with the build up we'll be talking to Stephen Ferris about the Six Nations we'll be chatting to Kevin Dyle again and of course we will be back to play GEA Guess the Handicaps PJ if you missed it, on, missed it last week PJ had a resounding defeat of Gary the previously undefeated Gary Connaughton you've united the belts you're now both the lineal champion and <laughs> the world GA handicaps champion, and you'll be back on Wednesday to defend your title. Who am I? Who am I taking on, Mark? Are, I don't you, br- know. are you bringing in like if they're like a, someone from outside the office? I'm going to go and train for a week or two and come back, come back and better. I was I was undercooked last week, so I'm I'm going to take this week off. Yeah, we'll, we'll get somebody in, but I'm not going to reveal who it is. I've got a special guest lined up, PJ. Oh, not a famous one. Nobody outside of this <laughs> office. It's definitely someone still from this office. But uh, to hear that, to, to to hear that incredible showdown. 
showdown of GA Guest the Handicaps and of course plenty more on the build up be sure to subscribe to the podcast you can find the build up every Wednesday on Balls.e podcast or indeed by searching the build up on Balls.e on all good podcast apps if you are already subscribed to any of our uh, podcast feeds please do rate and review the show it would mean an awful lot to us but until we chat to you again mind yourself <laughs>